Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we are talking about our third in this mini series about what are the character traits, skills, and beliefs that you need to succeed in your weight loss journey. So that means we are on to beliefs. Beliefs, yes. Self-belief, fake beliefs. All the beliefs. Unhelpful beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be covering all those things. Um, so I've got a big list of ideas that mm -hmm. we find clients tell us they had an issue with or successful clients have told us this is something they managed to change. Um, but I think we should probably get into like, what is a belief in this context and yeah. why is it important? Beliefs are very important. They dictate how we act and behave in so many ways. There's this really great quote and we'll have to find out who it's from because I keep saying it, which is we question all of our beliefs except the ones that we truly believe and the ones that we never think to question. And that is the power of beliefs in so many ways that if you truly do believe something, you don't even ever think to question it. It's just what you believe to be true. Yeah. And I think that's where we come across self-limiting self -limiting beliefs yeah. in clients sometimes. And I know we've both had them ourselves where it's not something you ever question until someone challenges it or something in life comes along to challenge it. And then you realize, oh, that thing <laughs> was like influencing all my decisions and holding me back. Oh, for sure. And what would you say are like some of the main beliefs our clients have that hold them back? Um, that they are destined to be the way they are. So mm -hmm. it might be, I have big bones. I'm genetically disposed to be overweight. My family's overweight, so I'm going to be overweight. Um, I don't have the time. That's mm -hmm. a really big one. That doesn't seem like a belief, but actually when you break it down, it's not often a fact. It's yeah. often a belief that's created around some of the mm -hmm. facts in your life. Um, and just like, I can't do it. Yeah. And if you look at like even all the things that you said there, the reason people have those beliefs is either they were brought up with them. So just kind of ingrained with who you are or the evidence that you've have over the past couple of years or a couple of decades tells you that that belief is true. So you do believe that belief is true because you've always said, I don't have time. And you've never been able to somehow make time. So the belief is you don't have time and you keep uh, sort of fulfilling on that. Yeah, and actually that's a really good example because it's one of the first things when I first got a coach, who happens to be our own Terry Anderson, yeah. who's my coach, um, he helped me break that one down because I was like, I don't have time for breakfast before I go and train all my clients in the gym. Um, and he made me sit down and break my day into 15 minute slots for like mm -hmm. a week. And then I was like, oh, I actually have quite a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not until somebody forces you to actually sit down. And this is important, like get out a piece of paper and a pen, mm -hmm. because otherwise all you're doing is thinking and just thinking about it hasn't changed anything because your beliefs keep coming back and the evidence is not there. Yeah. And that's, it's so important as well because you, you play out an exercise like that and then you start taking action and then you actually start building evidence that, hey, maybe this belief isn't true. Mm -hmm. And if you do that for a long enough period of time, and this is where like coaching and accountability is so powerful, your beliefs start to change because mm -hmm. the evidence that you have behind you is different than what you've said. That is a beautiful segue, Jamie. Okay. Because <laughs> we've got a list of beliefs that actually you can work on and you can change these beliefs to enhance your success with your fat loss. So these are the beliefs that we've seen hundreds of women develop over time that underlie their success. So first one is that overall health and long-term change is actually the most important thing they could work on in their life. Yeah, so that's 
very much I like identifying as a fit and healthy person. And and you do like if you if you always I mean guys get caught like if you like if, if I've got like an old friend who doesn't call himself this anymore, but for years would always call himself Fat Joe. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's like he's he's not Fat Joe anymore because he's he's not fat, and that's probably come as a byproduct of that change. But like while he was known as Fat Joe, he was that person and was overweight and kind of played into that. And that was a, must have been very hard and was very hard for him to sort of break away from that because even his name was tied to his body image to an extent. And a lot of people, if you've been overweight for possibly your whole life, you will identify to a degree with being an overweight person. And it can feel very foreign and new and different if you start losing weight, even when you go to shops and start buying clothes and you're buying different sizes. And there's just so many different things that feel like you're stepping away from your you know, previous identity, which feels safe and normal and calm and you're stepping into this new person. It can feel very foreign and weird and scary, even though it's the desired result that you want. So really starting to get comfortable with that and realizing that this has to change and you have to start seeing yourself as a fit and healthy person is a hard shift to make, but such an important one for a sustainable change. Yeah, and I think seeing that as the driver for your change, the health Mm. and the long term, is the key because often we get clients join who say, oh, I want to fit back in my jeans or I want to look like I did when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. But that belief that that will make them happy isn't true and it isn't yeah. actually going to serve them. It's when they truly believe that being healthy and making this change for a happier, longer life mm-hmm. is truly going to work. That's when they succeed. Yeah, because you... You can't have a healthy mind without a healthy body and you can't have a healthy body without a healthy mind. And a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm going to get the healthy body and I'll just instantly have the healthy mind. It's a part of it. You definitely need the healthy body to have the healthy mind, but you have to develop the right mindset in order to have the healthy mind with the healthy body to truly, you know, feel uh, as at peace as possible as you can. Yeah. And understanding that is actually on my list because there's a belief that a lot of people hold that when my body changes I will be happy Mm -hmm. and if you can't let go of that connection between your body and your mind and your happiness it's always going to be dragging down your happiness even when your body has changed you're probably not going to be as happy as you think you are Mm -hmm. so you need to believe that the work that you do on the inside and the outside is just as important Uh, definitely like I've had my fair share of struggling with like body dysmorphia in the past and even still do you know to this day which is you know, can be interesting for some people who might look at me and think, you know, the complete opposite and otherwise, but you still can have those moments and days, I think with maturity and better self-talk and everything else that's kind of developed over time, that's made it easier. If I look at my internal monologue now compared to what it was when I was in my early 20s, it's, it's wildly different. Um, and that has been a, a skill that it's, it's taken me and a belief that I've needed to shift and change to have a healthier mind uh, and a, a healthier relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. So that comes along as well with the long-term change that we were just talking mm-hmm. about, because it's not about like getting this summer body or, yeah. you know, looking good for a holiday or a photo shoot or a wedding. It's mm-hmm. about that long-term change inside and out that is actually going to see you succeed and stay where you want to be. Yeah. Nice. Um, the next belief that we've got is your beliefs around failure. And mm-hmm. as we've talked about before in the podcast, perfectionism is a bitch and it is something that afflicts many of us particularly if you are successful in your career if you're one of those people who just wants to be the best at everything you you Mm -hmm. turn your hand to 
it can serve you well in some of those areas and that's why it's quite an addictive personality yeah. trait that that perpetuates but your beliefs around failure can really hold you back in your weight loss it's because that that perfectionist mindset and that belief in maybe your career or other parts of your life or school you know getting an a or getting 100 percent on the test was rewarded it was praised going into work and being the best and delivering deliverables on time and everything else is, is rewarded. So having, if you're like a high performer or you're a busy professional, the perfectionist mindset is often very common with that because you're striving for the best and things to be perfect or as good as they possibly can be. So then we think, hey, we need to take that mindset and that belief system into parts of our health and fitness. And it just doesn't work. You know, if you do a 28 day challenge or you do any sort of challenge, you can maybe you know, muster up the extrinsic motivation to do all the things 100% for 28 days. You know, you'll, if you need to get your steps, you go for a walk at 11 o'clock at night. If you needed to drink this amount of water, you down it here or there and everywhere. You do the things at like, almost like a detrimental cost because you're committed to the cause and you're a perfectionist. But when you zoom out and look at, hey, like I can do that for 28 days, but could I do that for 28 months, 28 years? The answer is no. And that's just because life is just not that perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's why people aren't able to stand the test of time. They have that belief that it needs to be perfect, but it can't be perfect. Life isn't perfect. There's just so many things that we can't control and throw a massive spanner in the works. So we have to let go of that belief of things being perfect with our health and fitness and understanding that being consistent and showing up on a more consistent basis is truly what will allow us to make a sustainable change. Yeah, and that's really hard to believe in when every other avenue of your life has shown you the opposite. Yeah. And also every other avenue of your life, probably if you fail, there are quite significant repercussions. Like mm -hmm. you fail at something at work, you might get in trouble. You fail yeah. at something with your kid, like picking them up from school. Oops, that's quite a big deal. <laughs> um, yeah. If you fail at something in this area in your health and fitness, there's every understanding why your brain would therefore say you cannot fail, it's going to be really mm -hmm. bad. But actually shifting from that mindset and that belief system to failure is actually an opportunity for me to figure out what's going to work better. Yeah, It's not something that you get to necessarily practice in those other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And so shifting to that belief does take a little bit of awkwardness and it can feel like, yeah, I know my coach is saying that failure is an opportunity, which doesn't mean it, Yeah, but we do. Yeah, of course we do. You've got to very much fail forward and come back to the, the traits in the, you know, the first, uh, episode on this mini series it was very much about having a growth mindset and a growth mindset is about embracing failure failing forward looking for the opportunities and, and learning from that and if you you keep going through that process you know overall long enough sort of time horizon the way you deal with problems the day you the way you deal with a lot of problems that you will face you will just almost eventually have like a default way of just handling it and it will be a much more um positive mindful one of uh, that you can can action yeah, so learning to believe that failure is actually an opportunity and not a big drama. Yes. Cool. <laughs> um, this, is a, this is a big one. It's a bit less deep, which you're probably going to be relieved about if you're listening because we've gone a little bit philosophical there. Um, but believing, truly believing, there's no such thing as good or bad food. Yes, this is huge. Yeah, we had we just had this discussion at lunch actually because um, one of the guys got some grapes and he was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not supposed to have refined sugar, you know natural sugar is better than refined sugar isn't it and I was like in what context and then we had a yeah. bit of a debate and he was like oh can't we just have an answer <laughs> and I was like my friends get so annoyed with me because yeah. do you know what if you were running a marathon re refined sugar in the form of a Haribo might be actually better for you than 
a grape. Mm -hmm. But what's your goal? Um, so there is no good or bad food. It's all about the context. Yeah, and food doesn't have morality as well. It's, you know what I mean? It's not like you eat a pizza, you've not a bad person. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like it, it, just, it doesn't work like that. It, it's in alignment with your goals. And yeah, even though we would want people to overall, like the majority of the time, have an overall nutrient-dense uh, whole food, minimally, minimally processed diet, it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy some of this other stuff that is nutrient void. You know what I mean? And you're literally eating it because food tastes good. And we're all foodies and we all love food and we want to enjoy a little bit of that from time to time in our diets, that doesn't mean you're a bad person or you've failed or you should be punished in some way for eating those type of foods. And actually believing that your body is not going to punish you for that as well is a big thing yeah. which you need to see evidence of. Because if every diet you've ever tried that's worked has only worked in your mind because you cut all these things out, mm -hmm. you've never had the evidence that you could still maybe eat some of those things and yeah. see progress. So you need to build that evidence by mm -hmm. having a little bit here and there and still seeing the results. And then you can start to believe, do you know what? Maybe those chocolates aren't a bad thing. I just need to moderate them. Yeah. And you spoke about this when we were chatting the other day. Like people will come around to your house and be like, I can't believe you're eating that. You know what I mean? Can't, yeah. believe, can't believe you're eating chocolate. And it's just like, yeah, probably chocolate every day. Yeah. And uh, there's, there is people have that perception and belief of us that we would eat in a certain way. And we probably are a lot more normal than people believe. It's just there's more of a balancing act to it. And that, that is the key is you can eat and enjoy these foods, but you've got to find that balance for you. And that's what you have to work through in the beginning because if you've been maybe too far one way, you've maybe not been unbalanced with your nutrition and diet. So you have to create a little bit of order. And then over time, you can start to understand what balance looks like for you. Yeah, and the reason why I put this on the belief section or for the belief mm -hmm. episode, not the skills, is because I actually had a client who we practiced the 80-20, like 80 whole mm. foods, 20% more processed foods, literally for like two years. So I knew she got it. She could do it. She could plan it. But yeah. she still didn't believe mm -hmm. that like a full fat Greek yogurt wasn't bad. Right. That belief was still there. Mm -hmm. And so it took a lot of extra work. You, she had the skill to plan that balanced yeah. diet, but that wasn't going to see her for the rest of her life to actually have a healthy relationship mm -hmm. with food and not stress about it. Yeah. So we had to also address the belief, like what is it about that full fat Greek yogurt with no added sugar mm -hmm. that you believe is so bad and break it down. And if you're one of those people who has these foods that just are a red line, you really need to sit down and think about like, what actually is it about this food that I think is so bad? Mm -hmm. And a really good exercise that I went through with that client was, okay, I want you to think about what you think is bad on those foods, but then I want you to tell me how you could flip that. Okay, it's high in fat. Well, what does the fat do for you? Yeah. Because every food does offer something. Mm -hmm. Except maybe alcohol. But I mean, actually gives you a good time. So, well, most of the time. <laughs> can <laughs> also that's a whole other episode. episode. <laughs> no, that, I mean, it's a huge one. I mean, people love food and that can often put people off. They've got this belief, oh, I can't eat a certain way. How could I ever possibly help be healthy? Or I can never eat pizza again or chocolate or this. And it's, it is, that can be a belief that's holding people back from even taking action when it isn't actually true, you know, you might have to go through a phase of understanding what that balance looks like for you. But, you know, you can definitely eat the foods that you love and, and get in great shape and stay in great shape. Yeah, for sure. And for reference, that client now loves full fat Greek yogurt. Amazing. And she enjoys feeling full after all her meals. So it's a win. Um, the last one that we have got is 
the belief in neuroplasticity and the ability to change, which I said there was going to be some things <laughs> that we were going to talk yeah. about that we might have to explain a little bit more if you hadn't heard about these concepts. But they are super important. So neuroplasticity is relatively recent science mm -hmm. that basically shows your brain, it, like the connections in your brain are not fixed. They're plastic, which means they can be remade, remolded. Mm -hmm. um, that means the thought patterns you have, the behaviors, the habits, the identity that you have are by nature able to be molded and changed into something yeah. else. Yeah, and I think it's up to, I mean, Sai can probably fact check me on this. I think it's up to 25 that your brain is more plastic. And then after that, yes, it's it's still possible to make a change. It's, it's just more difficult as with all things. Um, but by creating a framework, by being consistent, all the things we've spoke about in the previous episodes, and, and putting yourself under a like a healthy level of stress, you know, where you're not stressing yourself to change to an extent, uh, that can make your brain more plastic and allow it to start to change. And a huge one with beliefs and how, how I see so many of our clients change their beliefs is just what we said a little bit earlier about stacking evidence. You know, if you, if you identify yourself maybe in a negative way or around to say food is good and bad and do all, all the stuff that we've just kind of spoke about, if you don't live in a completely opposite way where you're living this fit and healthy lifestyle you're eating foods in moderation and have a more balanced diet you're losing weight while you're at your goal if you just continue to do that for weeks months years you get to the point where your beliefs are just broken because you are who you say you are you mm -hmm. look back at the past couple of years and it's like but you're not that person like the evidence you have is the past two three years that you've not been that person so often the the best thing that you can do to to shatter somebody's beliefs is to stay consistent for a long enough period of time mm -hmm. where you just look back and it's like, well, how can I say otherwise? Like when the past couple of years show me exactly that. Yeah. And it is hard doing that mm -hmm. because if we go back to the concept of neuroplasticity, um, a really great way that I've heard it explained is if you imagine your brain, if you we were like visualizing inside your head as like this massively overgrown jungle mm -hmm. and then when you want to make a decision about something there's a very clear-cut path from this decision point to the end choice that you normally make yeah and that is really easy you don't have to cut anything down you just go straight to your destination but you're now deciding i don't want to go to that destination i'm going to this destination mm -hmm. i'm gonna to have to hack down all the vines and all the yeah. weeds out the way and every time I go down there, they're going to have regrown and it's going to be really hard every time. Mm -hmm. But that's true for like the first 20 times. But then because you've hacked them down so many times, yeah. it becomes easier and easier. And the other path starts to get overgrown. Mm -hmm. So you have to go through that immediate difficulty at the beginning yeah. until the old path is so overgrown that now this one's the easy one. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the concept behind neuroplasticity. It isn't easy, but once it's done, it's done. Yeah. It's reps, sets, and consistency, and you do it over a long enough period of time and you will rewire and change your brain the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act, um, and it can be done and you can change. And I think that's, like, you can you can take someone from, like, now to, like, five years and they can be, like, a completely different person. Like, they can almost become unrecognizable if they so follow that framework of, of wanting to make a change. Does it mean it's going to be difficult? Yeah, like there's going to be parts of your psychology and physiology that are going to fight back against that, but you can change. Yeah, and I think that's a really nice note to finish this series on because everything we've been talking about is how you can change these underlying skills, traits, beliefs that will then set you up for success. Yeah, And it's like this self-perpetuating circle because once you get that success, you're going to have these beliefs in yourself and these traits that then mm -hmm. springboard you more 
to more success. Yeah. And so it's like this amazing cycle that once you get started and you really commit to the process, it's just an endless it's path a, to it's, betterness. It's a, it's a compounding effect. Yeah. It's, it's just like the way bad habits compound over time and get worse if you're gaining weight or you're not being good with your money. Like all these things get worse. But like if you start developing good habits, good traits, good skills that are going to benefit parts of your health and well-being, they compound over time. They get easier. They benefit you and reward you more. And there's that uh, statistic of, you know, 85 to 95% of people who lose weight gain it all back over the next two years. But if you can actually lose weight and then sustain the weight that you've lost for the next two years, you've actually shown yourself that you are that statistical anomaly. And it's going to come often down to the fact that you have developed those character traits, skills and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that then rolls into other areas of your life because now you're top one of the top 5%. Exactly. And what else could you be in the top 5% by applying these things? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes our mini series. We have to give a shout out to our Canadian listeners because we got a little rap on the knuckles the other day yes. for always mentioning our US and UK listeners. But we know you're out there in Canada and around the world. So thank you for tuning in. Um, and special thanks to Linda. Yes, big shout out to Linda. <laughs> we'll be back um, on the next couple of episodes with some great topics. But if there's anything that you want us to cover, do pop some comments on the episode. The episode, the podcast, the emails, Instagram. YouTube, yeah, fire away. DM. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you.